You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into whatever electronic device you are using to listen to this. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromthecatch.com, completing the trilogy, the GOT trilogy of podcasts that we're doing here. We've already had the who they got of the Blue Jays so far this offseason. We've had the who could be got edition of the podcast, and now... We are turning to the who they don't got section of the podcast. And there are a few names on there that we will be talking about. And I am joined by the Kite co-host for the final of these three podcasts. She was very vocal earlier, but I think she's been placated. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, there she is. So, I'm sure she will make her feelings known at points during the episode. But, um, we do have a couple of fan questions, actually. So, I am going to be working those in while we talk about who the Blue Jays don't got. So, look forward to that during this episode. Actually going to start with one of those fan questions. And that would be from friend of the show at everything Gritch, who when I put out the call, just like, hey, if you want to ask me something, I'm awake. You can do that. And everything Gritch asks if I can answer why Randall Gritchuk is so adorable. Honestly, I don't know if I can do that, Gritch. I mean, there there's a complex kind of formula that goes into it and it's it's partly the facial hair which he he has that kind of chin strap thing going but then it kind of tapers up so it covers more of his face and then there's the hair that you know at time it like it apes josh what josh donaldson did and everyone knows you know josh donaldson brings more than rain so There are a lot of factors that go into Randall Gritchuk's adorableness that can't really be quantified by a simple podcast. But, you know, that's that's the best answer I can give you. Also, I'm I'm not sure I'm much of an authority on Randall Gritchuk's adorableness, but that that is the best thing that I can tell you. Um. Anyway, let, let's move on a little bit to some of the guys that will not be Blue Jays in 2020. And I want to start with the guy who for sure will not be a part of the 2020 picture for the Toronto Blue Jays. And that is Devin Travis. Um, Last week, when the day came to activate players from the 60-day DL, Travis was the only one who was not put back on the 40-man roster. He was outrighted to Buffalo and refused the assignment. So 
Um, Travis will not be in the organization from the looks of it. And, and when you hear the comments that Ross Atkins made once Travis was removed, you know, it's, it's very clear. I mean, Atkins was talking about his knees, everything he went through, um, said how easy it was to pull for and that he'll be pulling hard for him, but, you know, made it very clear that it was not going to be with Toronto. And that, that makes a lot of sense for, an organization that is prioritizing positional flexibility and inconsistency. Um, as much as I love Devin Travis, he did not have it. Um, just the the lack of games that Devin Travis appeared in. He didn't play at all last season. Um, he only topped 100 games Um well, he barely he barely topped it, barely topped 100 games twice in five seasons with Toronto. He did it in 2016 and 2018. And you know, again, just with the injury situation that Travis had, it was it was very easy to say Kevin Biggio is our second baseman. I'm sorry, Devin, it's it's not going to happen. And and Travis is one of the Blue Jays I've had the opportunity to meet. He came out to Halifax, was was very, very easygoing, was able to talk very, very eloquently and easily in, in, you know, those group interview situations. He's, he's a guy who's very easy to like. And I mean, if you listen to Jason from the Couch Radio over the past couple of years, you'll know how much, uh, his official release hurt, uh, Sean Doyle to talk about, you know, he is a Devin Travis stand through and through. But I, you know, for all the people who are talking about Dalton Pompey and when he was released, I think it's going to be a lot easier for Devin Travis to get a shot at a major league roster as opposed to Dalton Pompey. Travis does have a track record in the time he has appeared at the major league level. He has a 274 career average. Um, he has a bit of power. He's cracked the 10 home run plateau twice. Um, has a little bit of speed. So he's a guy that does offer a lot with the bat. And I would not be surprised to see him sign something uh, with an invite to spring training to for a team that could use a second baseman with a bit of power. I I teasingly threw out the Marlins when talking to Sean. But actually, he would not be a bad option. And he's a hometown kid for Miami. He's native of... Uh, he, uh, West Palm Beach played for Boynton Beach in the Little League World Series. So, you know, he's he's from the area. It would make sense for Miami to give him a shot, Tampa Bay to give him a shot. So, I have a feeling that Devin Travis will be back in the majors at some point, but it's it's actually a good sign that the Blue Jays are able to move on from guys like Devin Travis, who, again, you... You root for, but they haven't done enough to prove like they're going to be like the everyday second baseman on on a championship team. He had that run in 2016 where he was able to play um, 101 games and and be something of a contributor. But again, when you cannot do that consistently, 
when you're you're on the trainer's table more often than you're on the field i it it again it becomes very hard to commit um any any kind of security to that person and especially when you have the talent ready to replace them and you don't have to rely on Darwin Barney's to fill that gap so again I I feel Devin Travis will be a great clubhouse presence wherever he goes but it was necessary for the club to turn the page on Devin Travis and and move on just for the betterment of the club we will be talking about a couple other names who, you know, the door isn't completely shut on them, but it's it's looking looking like they're at the door. Anyway, we will talk about them right after this. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. How you feeling, Kitty co-host? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, it, it's it's not a happy episode of Lockdown Blue Jays, but it's a necessary episode to pay proper tribute to those who have moved on. And we're going to move on and talk um, about a couple other Blue Jays who, like I said, they're, they're still options, but they're not priorities. Um, one of them being Justin Smoke. Um, he... He's a guy who we talked about saying that it would make sense for the Blue Jays to resign him. But again, if they're looking at other options and they want that flexibility, there are much cheaper um, alternatives to Justin Smoke. I mean, they can keep Brandon Drury as a first baseman. They can keep Billy McKinney as a first baseman. So they don't have to pay Justin Smoke like the four or five million that probably would be necessary to bring him back. And there, there are enough teams that can use him in a platoon situation. Um, ben Nicholson Smith and Shai Davidi in their article for Sportsnet floated the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rangers, the Marlins, the Tigers, lots of options for Justin Smoke. So it doesn't look like he will be back, which is a shame because, again, Kristen Smoke is a Twitter all-star. So we we will see what happens there. The other big name that was released uh, was Ryan Tapera, who was designated for assignment in the whole activation from the 40 man and, and the acquisition of Chase Anderson. Tapera became the name that was um, expendable in the Blue Jays' minds. And when you look at what Ryan Tapera did in 2019, as opposed to what he offered the Blue Jays before. It does make sense. It was it was an incredibly rough year for Ryan Tapera last year with the elbow issues and everything like that. He only got into 23 games, had an ERA of 498. That's a that's almost a run and a half above what he posted for Toronto. And, you know, it's very easy to look at Tapera and say that's just a sign of wear and tear. I mean, he made 141 appearances for the Blue Jays over the last two seasons. They weren't even playoff appearances. So he he got worked pretty well. But he was also due to make, you know, $2 million. And there were very obvious signs of decline with Ryan Tapera. 
he lost a solid two miles an hour off his fastball. A fastball that was, you know, 95, 96 at his peak showed signs of dipping very early, like in the late um, 2018 period. According to Brooks Baseball, he he lost um, a solid two miles per hour off that fastball. It was averaging about 93. And all through 2019, it was the same. Like, he was not able to get the velocity on it. His changeup lost a couple miles as well. Um, his slider didn't have the same butt bite to it. His cutter was the only pitch that maintained the speed that it was at. And you can actually see in the usage rates that Tapera had that he was leading on that cutter more because it was the only one that, you know, maintained a semblance of what it was. He He dropped his sinker usage um, because it was getting lit up, because it was being knocked out of the park. And you don't you don't want to be paying for that kind of effectiveness without seeing if he can get back to what he was. So it made sense for Tapera to be a DFA'd. And, you know, the Blue Jays are still open to bringing him back. Um probably after the Blue Jays focus on the rotation, that's when they'll start building the bullpen. And it'll, it'll be very easy for the Blue Jays to consider bringing Tapera back. They did the exact same thing with John Axford this past offseason. And even though Axford didn't end up pitching for the club, still a good presence to have around a familiar face, a veteran who who knows the business. So it'd be very easy for the Blue Jays to bring him back. But if Tapera can get a guaranteed major league contract, then it makes sense for him to do that. Um, I, I actually do think a minor league contract would be very possible for Tapera. So we shall see. I'm not, I'm not closing the book on Tapera's time in Toronto just yet. So let's, uh, let's actually end this with a couple of questions from a friend of the show, Boxer Hill at GB10XNM. It's a mouthful, but I got through it. So, uh, Boxer's first question How many times have I been asked if Encarnacion is coming back? Boxer's the first, actually, but, you know, that's, that's something that has been floated in Blue Jays circles. Like, Edwin's a free agent. Why not bring him back and, and let him play for the team again? It's it's not bloody likely. <laughs> I, I, I can't see it. Again, they let a guy like Justin Smoke go. Justin Smoke's three years younger, is a better defensive option, and Edwin's power dropped near the end of his Yankees tenure. And you can say injuries played a role in that, but the fact that injuries were playing such a role just just further compounds his ability to actually be out there and producing. The 109 games that he played last season were his lowest since his first full season in Toronto back in 2010. And, you know, there there is a rare occasion that guys can produce at an extended age. I mean, Nelson Cruz is still hitting home runs somehow. But with the roster that the Blue Jays have, with guys who can use those DH days like Vlad Jr., like Bo Bichette, like Lourdes Gurriel, 
it makes more sense to have that DH slot open as opposed to giving Encarnacion a $14 million feel-good deal. So I I don't see him coming back. Let's let's just say that. And then Boxer's second question. Um is there any reason to think that the free agent market won't be full-blown collusion like it was the last two winters? Like it's bonkers, right? Boxer can't be the only one who thinks it's bonkers. And he, you're not, Boxer. I mean, I I remember last week when it was mentioned that Alex Anthopoulos, um, well-known name to Blue Jays fans, now the GM of Atlanta, actually reached out to the majority of MLB teams to find out what their free agent plans were. And if that's happening on a regular basis, that screams collusion. That screams keeping the price down. And... It, it makes it very hard to argue that, you know, the owners aren't conspiring to keep these these players from making the money that they're due. And, you know, it's very easy for them to play it off. Like, oh, we don't want to pay these guys all this money because, you know, what what are they doing to earn it? And that's classic, like, billionaires throwing millionaires under the bus. Let's not get it twisted. These guys who own Major League Baseball teams can afford to pay out. Maybe not the Marlins, because Derek Jeter is a player himself and does not have that much money. But do not for a second think that they couldn't just be like, you know, we're going to give Garrett Cole $300 million or we're going to give Steven Strasburg $300 million or last year when you had Manny Machado and Bryce Harper sitting out there. Now, Cole has already come out with Scott Boris and said they're going to wait until like January to make their decision. And that's fine. Like they know there are suitors for Garrett Cole who are going to be able to drive the price up. The Yankees and the Astros are going to bid themselves into the stratosphere only for the Angels to swoop in at the last minute. But it's it's not those guys who are really hurt. I mean, Harper and Machado still sat out like into spring training and they still got $300 million each. Didn't end up hurting them. It's it's more the mid-tier guys who get hurt. It's 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 like you're Ryan to Paris who finally hit free agency in and can't really get paid for what they did because teams are more than happy to just give that money to themselves and just have a younger player come in. So there there is very strong reason to think that the free agent market will be tepid much like it was last year. It'll be very predetermined. You won't see a lot of moves. Like the Blue Jays have operated outside the norm by by getting a Chase Anderson immediately. But a lot of these teams are going to be waiting until the winter months. Like the winter meetings will see a fair amount of deals done, but you will not see rosters really take shape until late February when they they can get guys on minor league deals, guys on, on one-year deals, and be able to build their team that way. And, 
you know, th- this is something that Tony Clark has to take charge on for just for the good of the union. And you can tell me that they're still snake bitten from the 94 strike when the owners were successful in, in turning public opinion against the players. But it's been 25 years. People are savvier than they once were. They know these owners have a load of money that they are not sharing. So I think there's a lot more sympathy for the players now as opposed to when it was 1994. And it's easy to say, oh, these these salaries are skyrocketing. What? Why are the players asking for more money? It's a lot easier to see why they're asking for it because the owners are holding all of it. So if I'm Tony Clark, you know, I have to find my big bat and start, you know, going to war with these guys. And you can say that, you know, a lockout would kill the sport. <laughs> what what did baseball do right after the lockout? They they had the home run chase. There there are ways that baseball can actually make itself appealing and get back on the national radar. And they can do it in a way that's fair to the players, not just at the major league level, but at the minor league level as well. Because the Bleachies can't be the only organization actually jacking up what they're paying their minor leaguers. What what some some of those teams are paying minor leaguers is is a joke. So there has to be something for all levels of baseball players, and and the plan to remove affiliates it just just hampers that because that takes away more opportunities for for these players to play and earn their money. So yeah, I, I agree with you boxer. It is bonkers and it will remain bonkers until the players actually rise up and do something about it. And, and they have to know they have more support than they did before. All right. So again, that was um, a little more cynical of an episode than I intended, but we got through it. I think it maintains the tone that Kitty co-host would appreciate. Isn't that right, Kitty co-host? Yeah, she's more she's more get that microphone out of my face right now. She's trying to sleep, which I should be doing. It's like three thirty a.m. as I finish this recording, but. Hey, don't feel sorry for me. By the time you're hearing this, I'll have Pokemon Shield in my hands and I will be fully enthralled in taking my sassy Scottish lass to the pinnacle of Galarian Pokemon competition. So, um, yeah, if you want to get involved like Boxer and Gritch did, follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are in there because Twitter is dumb. But yeah, follow and you can chime in with your thoughts and I'll talk about them on here. I mean, you know, this is just as much for you as it is for me. So feel free to hit me up whenever you want. Um, Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And... Follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Locked on Cheese. And we will try to be a little more consistent with this. Like I said, I'm still working myself back from 
what October ended up being, but we're starting to get there and, and that's all we can really do. And, you know, I appreciate y'all for all the patience you've shown and, you know, let's keep doing this because, you know, y'all keep me going. So for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrunacouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.